That's why I'm saying you just record. All right, and all right. it's like, you know, if this is awful, and I do, we're doing the second episode of Recency Bias, and we watched Kingsman. You're right. I'm over it. Fuck this then. I'm over it. I'm over it. Wow, F bomb. Yeah, well, they say it like 50 times in the movie. I'm not familiar with Matthew Vaughn's work. Have you seen the X Men First Class? Um, That's the only one I haven't seen. Okay, yeah, he did that one. I think he did a couple of those. I think that was kind of like the. Did X-Men. he do uh, Days of Yes? He did Days. Of... Oh no, yeah. he did. Kick ass. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Maybe that's a duh moment, but but I was when when we were talking about when you had said it kind of feels superhero-y, mm-hmm. and it was like it has a kind of a comic book feel to it. Right. Immediately it came to mind, and I was like, kind of like a Kick Ass sort of thing. I haven't seen Kick Ass, so I don't know that. Oh. I don't know his directing okay. style. So I'll put a pen in that one. But I mean. Like early in that film, like the first action sequence that we get, it felt different. Yeah, it really had its own yeah. flavor to it, which I think it's really unique. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. It, my first thought that this isn't a comparison, but it, my first thought was like, oh, this is Watchmen came to mind. Even though the okay. the, the sequences aren't the same, it's just like okay, you mean it that. just felt comic book, yeah, dark a little bit, um, and British. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not that Watchmen's British, but well, I think one of my favorite things about the movie, and this kind of goes throughout its entirety is that it, it it's not it doesn't exactly break the fourth wall but it kind of winks at itself a couple different times and literally there's, yeah there's a couple winks in there well but i'm you know it's like those moments where you know like that first conversation that they're having over the mcdonald's meal you remember that yeah you know when they're like talking about spy shit and and they're they're comparing it to these movies and they're essentially talking about the movie that they're in right now well yeah it's and, almost it's almost meta at that point yeah exactly it is yeah it is meta and I know that sometimes that can be like sort of overplayed. A lot of movies do that but, now. But, yeah, but this I, is 2015, so if I had seen this in 2015, I wouldn't have been like hyper aware. Yeah. But I've seen a lot. Like they did in Logan as well. Okay. Yeah. Towards the end, except before he finished his explanation, the, the villain he ends up getting capped. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely get the you get a lot more of those stories now where they're where they're going. You know, oh, this is the time that you say this, and then it just doesn't do that because that's the expectation. And soon enough, we'll get back to the point where that's the expectation again. Yeah, is that there is just the monologue. They needed to do that with like when a movie that is uh, almost purposely racist, like like the magical black guy trope okay. from like, the, like all like, the all the history of cinema. But like they acknowledge it, <laughs> but they think they're being all like artsy about it. But like no, you're it, just being racist. Would it be woke or racist to make a movie that specifically is about that? Stereotype. I don't even know that I like saying it. The, the magical black. That's guy, why. Yeah, I you know what I mean. On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's a name for it, and it's certainly a stereotype that has been attempted to be washed out in recent times. It, it, yeah. If you're it, in the audience, if they're unfamiliar with that trope, going back to like the 19 early cinema, even when African Americans they were never like the starring roles, but if they were, they end up being some kind of mythical figure. Uh, recent. A recent one would be like the Ledger, the Legend of Bagger Vance, Will Smith. But there's like old classic movies yeah. that constantly do this. It doesn't have to be a black guy specifically, but or a minority. Well, and and man, I want to tread super lightly here, but <laughs> but part my point in in two is like I I don't really understand why that was the case. You know, like why that would become a stereotypical character or an archetype or something. You know, like what does that do? Is it just that it removes like? 
agency from the person and you know by giving them some kind of mystical unusual powers it, it makes them not a human like is that the you know what I'm saying yeah and then what sucks uh, the, well, some of these tropes really good movies <laughs> well, yeah well that's what's complicated too <laughs> the is, green mile my, I mean my, god the further back you go everything is is you know problematic in some sense I mean man you just you watch anything from before like the 80s they're gonna say something that just makes you cringe a little bit. Or how about my Facebook from 2008 to 2014? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, man, you can buy. Oh my god. Or my yeah. sp- go farther back. Let's let's not actually. <laughs> let's go my <laughs> No one has to go back that far, I think. But anyway, I don't have a huge point to this. It, I would, yeah. it would be a little funny if someone tried to get. I think it would be an attempt at being woke, acknowledging yeah. this trope by using the trope, yeah. but. It's probably gonna be a fucking A twenty four film that does it. Yeah. Well, and also if you miss on it, like then <laughs> even if it's on on accident, it becomes racist pretty quick. Well, it's gonna premiere at Sundance, and then the audience is the yeah. whole it'll be a collective e yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grab their collar. I mean, you either get you know a, a moving performance and everybody's you know applauding, or everyone's cringing. And or no, what's gonna happen? It's gonna, it's gonna get a ninety nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes and like a twenty percent yeah, audience score. Five percent, yeah. <laughs> the audience score is just or the reverse potentially. You never know with you know with stuff like that. Maybe it's actually a really like introspective piece that audiences really connect with. You know what's tough, Ben? Yeah. I have to poop. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do here? Um, I got like ninety seconds. I think uh, just go ahead and pause it for now. Well, pause. We to... Give me ten minutes. Yeah. And we'll get back to it. <laughs> Be right back on recency bias. This is a message from our sponsors at Dr. Pepper. Go ahead, Dr. Pepper. Uh, you just pause it. <laughs> How do I? Is your dad a little gay, but you want him to live his truth and be really gay? Well, look no further with Dr. Pepper's new flavor, Asshole Destroyer 3000. It's delicious and nutritious. This Father's Day season, give Dad a taste of his own medicine. So don't be dumb. Drink the new Dr. Pepper so Dad's happy and the neighbor next door is even happier. A message from Dr. Pepper and the Ad Council. Now, back to the show. Dr. Pepper, 23 flavors. And we're back. Oh, oh, that was the end of the ad. Yeah. Okay, I was was kidding about pooping. I didn't have to go. That's not true. We've been off it for 10 minutes. Or did you do something else? No, no. Okay, so you pooped. I wouldn't light a candle in my bathroom if I did something else. Okay, so but you pooped. Or then. is that committing to the bit? It's impossible to say. Either way, is it weird being next to me knowing my hand was in my butt just like a few minutes ago? You know, it's not <laughs> very different from being next to you most of the time. <laughs> my hand's on my butt. <laughs> it's not in your butt, that's true. <laughs> You know how you sleep. Are you talking about disgusting individual? I, okay, it seems like you're. Yeah, this is getting personal. This. Okay. this is getting personal. <laughs> <laughs> the people who know what I'm talking about are glad. Okay, but, but we don't uh, need to get more specific. Yeah, like for instance, <laughs> no examples, of course. Yeah, no, no. Hypothetically. When I fall asleep, my hands do wander. See, I wasn't going to go any further. Hypothetical. You don't have to do this. This is hypothetical. This is okay. hypothetical. True enough. Okay. Continue, please. And sometimes I wake up. Complete uh, your hypothetical. Naked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, does it matter what we were talking about last? Welcome back to the second episode of Recency Bites. That's right. Oh, we With were being... Ben Kerr and Tim Wells. I'm Tim Wells. I'm Ben Kerr. That's Ben. We watched Kingsman. What's the, What's it called? 
Oh, wait, I have it pulled up, right? The yep. Secret Service. <laughs> yeah, we've been working on that one. I, I have two screens dedicated for knowledge. Uh-huh. For Are they on the same thing? Yeah, that if you for now. like if you want that way if you just wanted to look at like who's who played who and Okay, fair enough. For me for me it helps. Yep. Uh, I didn't know who the director was. Okay. Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, we already discussed that you fucking idiot <laughs> anyway um no i they don't know that yet that's oh that's true thing. all they know is that i pooped allegedly they, yep <laughs> i'm sure all the girls like ew men poop all they know is that i pooped allegedly <laughs> <laughs> just tied yourself in knots for legal reasons i, I have no idea if I, no i, I dropped some knots in the toilet allegedly okay <laughs> you come up with those allegations? No. Uh, no. It, it was it leaked out of It was Europe. Jesse Smollier. Uh, yeah, okay. He's trying to get back at... Yeah, let's not go. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. We're off to a hot start, yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, let's not talk about tropes anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, we last week we did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh-huh. I said it. I said it that time. I, there you go. We're learning. <laughs> yeah. um, this movie... Uh, I found myself, it was one of those films, like, I, obviously all films have to come to an end, but I was really enjoying it. I was kind of hoping for a little more. Okay. Which is kind of, I guess, what you want. They, yeah. they leave you. Now, uh, were you hoping for a little more in the sense that you wanted more to the plot? Or no, just like, it was, no, it ended where, no, as far as a movie structure, yeah. I thought it was very solid. It, it was just like, I, I really enjoyed the story. You just wanted to stay in this world a little longer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was okay. fun. I agree. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and I know I said Raiders of the Lost Ark was fun, and it was. This one really had my attention more. Mm-hmm. I feel like I remember more. Although I did, yeah. I did have to have you pause it a couple times because, yeah, yeah. as normal, uh, you know, my brain not great short term. <laughs> um, you got the broad strokes though. I mean, really, all it was this time was you confirming things more or less. There, I think there was one. <laughs> there was one moment that you you'd kind of lost for a second. But like that first thing you asked, you were confirming it, but you had it right. Which part? I, I can't remember what you asked, but it was Look like maybe us. thirty minutes into the movie, and you were just you were like, "Pause it for a second. Is the, what is this the thing that's going on right now? Oh, is it, where is uh, God? Now I forget. Uh, no, <laughs> when Samuel Jack? It's it's it's. I don't remember. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere between the first and third it's, act. That's something to do with Samuel Jackson and Colin Firth eventually meeting up. Uh, and then it was right after Eggy, uh, uh, wasn't it? Eggsy. Yeah. Eggsy. It was right after he decided he decided he did not make it because he didn't shoot the dog. Okay. And then he's talking to Colin Firth, and then he gets that call. Oh and then yeah. Then he talks. Yeah, yeah. Then he talk. They're either listening in on Samuel Jackson, the top yeah. hat. It's it's when you learn that the the massacre at the the SIM cards and everything. Yeah. yeah. So that was a moment where I had to pause it for like fifteen seconds and just be like, this 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 this, and you're like, got it. But there was a moment earlier on, and I don't remember what that was, but you basically were just like, is this what's going on right now? And I said, oh, okay. yeah. Do you remember that? Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I remember it happening. Well, there was there was a part where, uh, like, 20 minutes after the fact, I didn't realize that they all had parachutes in that training exercise. Yes, yes, that... that was pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they all had parachutes. <laughs> but it was like, yeah. we were, we're talking 20 minutes yeah. after. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big moment for well, me. And I was kind of waiting for a reaction when, because that's that's a, a great moment where he, you know, they come together and, <laughs> and he's like, you got to take that chip off your shoulder. And then he pulls the chute and it flies out. And it's supposed to be this like, oh, shit, they all had their parachutes. <laughs> 
he was just the last one to pull it. Yeah. There's, I, there's nine trainees yeah. doing this free fall exercise. Well, and he hit the guy, Mark Strong's character, Merlin, right? Yeah. Do we maybe want to just start at the beginning? Well... I feel like we're just jumping right into these moments. That's... That's... Sure. I, but I, mean, I guess you, if that's... You're good at the navigation, so navigate us. My, so, my shaman. Shaman? Okay. Shaman. Well, so the, I, I guess my, my first question is, we talked about how great the opening to Indiana Jones was last week. How okay. did you feel... Did, did you feel like you followed what was going on in this opening? Because truth be told, even though I've seen this movie before, I knew what was coming, <laughs> but when it got to that moment where it zooms in on the room... And then you have these like masked agents with the dude on the chair. Okay, That's... I, had, I had forgotten for a second, and I thought the dude in the chair was Kingsman people. So when he pulled the grenade, I was like, "Wait, what the fuck? What am I?" What am oh I no! I, well, not knowing anything about the, these movies, um, I yeah, my my thought were, were the the masked guys were the terrorists. Yeah, um, and then whoever the guy in the chair was was what you said. Yeah, or maybe not a Kingsman, but someone of whatever. Yeah, the guy we're rooting for. He's the guy getting saved or yeah. something. Also, yeah. side note, I really enjoyed opening credits. We don't get a lot of cool... Yeah. The rocks that crumble down. Yeah, from the... off, based off the explosions, yeah. the, the, the rubble would turn into... Uh, producer yeah. uh, Terrence... It, written by, whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I really loved that, too. I'm glad you, you noticed that, because I, I remember seeing it for the first time in theaters, and... And I was like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna like this movie." That's like a cool way of doing this. Oh yeah, like I think I think movies, and, and I think it's just a a product of our time with how we don't have much patience and uh, talk. You know, I, I can't blink on basic. I'm blank. I'm blanking on basic <laughs> words. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> you good? Attention span. Brain, <laughs> attention span. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. By doing this podcast, I'm realizing I think I have cognitive issues. <laughs> I have early signs of CTE. I did have a couple concussions in high school. Uh, yeah. That might be what this this becomes. It's just an audio diary. But yeah, I can tell you the exact run of Boy Meets World <laughs> without thinking about it. We'll get to that episode. 93 to 2000. Um, okay. Um, what mo- what year did this come out? There you go. Secret Service? Yeah. 2015. There. Okay, we're right back on track. I mean, it's set. Oh, it's 2014. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, God, we broke him. It says right here on the screen here. About eight people in the world. No. Okay. Whoa, 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 hold on. Before, I know, I'm, I know I'm a little bit of an idiot sometimes, but I want to get back to what I was saying mm-hmm. because, God damn it, I'm 50% of this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the opening credits, we've gotten away from these cool opening sequences. Not even just sequences, just title credits. Uh, I remember Sam Raimi has always had really great opening scenes, but like the what what I love about like those opening credits and like the score early on, romantic comedies have always done this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this, you know, this happy go lucky music and here's our guy walking down the streets of New York and I'm like, okay, there's Tom Hanks. We're gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna like this movie. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. If I if I enjoy the opening credits, I think I'm gonna enjoy the movie. Yeah. Optics. I'm just like immediately put into this world. Exactly. Uh, but like I was saying, the attention span is just like, okay, fuck. Here is what we're showing you right now. There's, mm-hmm. a, um, and shows don't matter too much, I suppose, because they're just TV shows and they don't. We don't really need a giant thing. But with movies, it's such a lost art to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like those early Spider-Man 
movies. Like they had, you know, the webs. Like the Raimi early. Yeah, the Raimi, okay. the Raimi Spider-Man with the, the webs. And like, they're like three minutes long. Crazy uh-huh. long. And some people probably think that's annoying. But I, yeah. I love that. It's it's, it sets a tone. Yeah. And that's what I thought this movie did early on. And then the explosions. It was cool. You know, I feel like my, my feeling is that movies these days feel like they need to just enter reality like as quickly as possible or whatever their reality is yeah and i think that's why they don't think they can do these like hacky and i guess i don't even mean hacky just kind of i guess i mean hacky but not in a negative way exactly just that old school weird roll of credits for three minutes with the score behind it with like like you said with spider-man where it's basically like comic book panels getting you caught up on the story you know but also telling you who was the executive producer or whatever you know and, and it feels like nowadays everything is just like, you came to the movie, so as, as soon as the movie starts, the movie starts. And there's, there's some value to that, I think. I think some movies are really well done in that way, just kind of jumping you right in. But I agree that it's also nice to occasionally go back to the classic, you know, gets you into the mood, you know? Because we don't know anything about what's going on beyond a couple, like, shots from a helicopter. Yeah. And then we just get these quirky kind of, like, rolling credit things. You know, and then we get into the action. But and what's cool too is it's like sort of it's a credits, but we don't get the title screen until another scene later. You know, which I like that too. It like breaks up the intro. In which almost like three or four. I pieces. believe Indiana Jones did the same thing after the the boulder. Yeah, I think I think I introduced. See, I don't even remember. Is that what I don't I don't know that I could tell you with Cause, any because that was the because the opening yeah the entire opening sequence and I'm pretty sure after that he survives the boulder and all that he talks to that British guy keeps. <laughs> Foiling his, pl- his stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, and then and I think I'm pretty sure it's the opening. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he runs away. I think it's when he's flying away, right? Yeah. On the plane? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. That makes sense. But yeah, that scene... Which I like. I, yeah. There, there's an art to when to put, like, a title screen. I really believe that. And then, yeah, obviously there's innovation, obviously with the Star Wars scroll, uh, the crawl and things like that, but like I said, I just enjoy... Just them taking their time, yeah, to get your get you in this world. Well, and and I'll tell you one thing. I just realized on the title screen thing is it happens. Um, I think it's after uh, God Galahad. I think it was. I get them all mixed up. But the our main guy, uh, Colin Firth, you know, when he comes back to Exy as a kid and kind of apologizes to the mother and then hands him the medallion and all that. You know, he the, the the title screen shifts from like the kid's perspective to that snow globe, and then it turns oh, yeah. around the snow globe, and then you get the Kingsman thing, and it flies through the mountains. And like, not only does that work to set us up on that next like Argentina, I think it was scene. Was that what it was? I, I don't remember the country. I think it was Argentina. Where that cabin, where where the first Kingsman fight happens. You know what I'm talking about in the snow. Oh, um, when the old dude gets split. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. But it's like partially it's transitioning to that scene, but I think it's also kind of like a foreshadow of where the whole movie ends, too. Oh, which is in that like, yeah. ice mountain, you know? Right. Which is also sort of in its own way an old school, maybe like a spy movie technique where, you know, with James Bond movies, they kind of give you like the entire plot through the opening credits. It's just that it's so obscured that you don't know what you're looking at yet. But it's like it'll show you coins that are going to be used an hour later, and like a gunshot. You just don't know what you're looking at, though, so you don't know that it matters. You know, mm. I think Mission Impossible does something similar. So I, I, I think that in its own way, it, didn't, it wasn't nearly as heavy-handed as those, but it was almost like you know it was giving away where the final fight was going to happen, but also transitioning into the very opening scene of present day. So. Like the like the movie Ants. 
I've seen ants, but I, I can't see No, I'm just kidding. I have no it. idea how the opening goes. Oh, my, yeah. Well, maybe. I do have a side note, somewhat relevant. So Colin Firth, I just yeah. kind of made a connection. So me and my mom had this conversation the other day because we went to go see the man, a man called Otto with Tom Hanks. Okay. And then, Colin Firth is in that? No, Tom Hanks is. Oh, okay. But we had a, uh, it was the next night I stayed over. And we, we kind of went on like a Tom Hanks little run. We watched Forrest Gump, The Burbs. Mm-hmm. So there's like a few Tom Hanks movies we saw. And I, I looked at my mom like, you know, Tom Hanks, he's like traditionally handsome, that, which makes him, I think, extra special as far as like being an A-lister. Okay. He's not like Brad Pitt or your Chris Hemsworth. He's just like a traditionally handsome man, which yeah. is kind of, I think Colin Firth might be that British version. Do you mean like a like a like like an attainably handsome man? Exactly. Okay. It's It's someone like... I, I could see myself being in a sense. Yeah. Like I can see I can put myself as this guy. It's not unrealistic to because yeah. you see Brad Pitt and you're like, I'm you know no, I'm hell toast. No. <laughs> you know, and it's like there's nothing I can do for the rest of my life to be Brad Pitt. Yeah. But yeah, but Tom Hanks is like he's a good looking dude, but also he's a, a, yeah, he's reachable. And he's never been like and Colin Firth <laughs> the same. I mean I don't know Colin Firth's entire filmography, but I, I've never seen him like absolutely shredded. Same with Tom Hanks. Yeah. I just feel like they're very similar as far as attractiveness mm-hmm. as a man, but uh, just traditionally, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I would say I agree. And Tom Hanks is just like, I don't know what it is about him at this point that does this for me, but he's like the like if I had to pick just the greatest actor of all time, it'd be hard not to have him on the list. Yeah, and I don't even know that that's because like I, I couldn't cite anything specific. You know, I could say that he was great in this movie or that movie. But it's not even that I like feel that way. It's just that I'm like, it's Tom Hanks. What are we talking about? Yeah. You know, who are you going to put up against him? He's in everyone's favorite movie. It just, that movie's different for everybody. And he's always <laughs> older than I expect. Yeah. Every, even though I know his age, because I'm a psycho, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know these <laughs> things. But he was 32 when Big came out, which was 1988. Okay. I think he's, he's like 66 now, 67. Yeah. Uh, that's bananas to me. Like, he's been around a long time. And like, he... He was he got big in the '80s, but he's just kind of always been around as like our guy, our top tier A list guy that has not. I think he's like one of the few got in trouble. Yeah, they have. Yet. Yeah, exactly. Epstein Island, we'll see. The Knock flight logs. Wood. Yep, we'll see. Um, but I think it's also like I maybe there are like iffy Tom Hanks movies, you know, that aren't as good as other ones. But I think it's hard to find. A, I don't know that I could ask you what is the worst Tom Hanks movie. And you're going to be able to tell me that, like, definitively. <clears throat> the Burbs. <laughs> okay, I guess, yeah, you did tell me that you, you saw that and hated it. That was just not, I don't, I, I don't understand. I mean, I understand. Well, how, when was that made? 89? See, I was going to say, I, in my eyes, anything before 90 is just playing by different rules. I can't allow myself to criticize it the way that I want to, because, like, it's just too old now. It was just, like, it was like a different art back then. I, I, I don't know, I don't know how else to explain it, but it, it just doesn't seem fair. Like, my, my big example for me is that I feel wrong to dislike Back to the Future the way that I do. Because it, it's like so many people love that movie that I'm like, it must be iconic. But I watch it and I'm just like, yeah, but every other time travel movie has done this better. But it's none of them would have done that had Back to the Future not been what it was. That one, that one specifically is interesting because I, you know, I grew up, I had seen them when I was young. Mm-hmm. Enjoying them. It was, it's not like I've ever thought. I never thought they were like my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. But when they first came back to Netflix a couple years ago, I watched. I didn't see part two or three, but I watched part one again, and just like absolutely loving it. Man. I just found myself really. Maybe I need to check it out again. 
Yeah. Maybe we watch it. Yeah. I just, I don't think it was even that long ago that I tried watching it. And, I mean, look, I'm not trying to say it was, like, the worst movie I've ever seen, but I just, I like, halfway through, I was just kind of like, okay, you know, I get it. I understand all the things they're doing. It's the, we gotta go do the thing so that I don't cease to exist stuff, you know? But again, like, back when they made that movie, that shit didn't exist, you know? So it was a really cool concept. It's just that I'm of a different era. I mean, it was made before I was born, so... I just grew up in a different time. We can edit this out if we okay. have to. This might be controversial. Uh-oh. Did Did you not like Back to the Future because there becomes a black mare? No, but it's <laughs> no, but it's funny. It's funny you say that because um, it's it's obviously not because there's a black mare. But one of the things in the movie is that you get this like what they go thirty years in the past or something. Yeah, and then you immediately meet that dude who ends up becoming the mayor. And he's like this just stand-up guy who everyone's like, you're going to make a real great politician one day. And it's just like, ugh, I get it, you know? Like, it would have been more interesting if his character was, like, the furthest thing from a mayor-type person. And then you know, well, oh, this is the guy that turns into the mayor. So like That's a, cool. So, like, a good person? Well, I mean, <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Sorry about those mayors out there listening, catching strays. No, but again, but though, like, it's, it's that there are these tropes, but... At the time, they weren't really tropes yet, so it's no, yeah, I get it's it. not really fair to criticize it. But it's also I just it's hard for me to get into. It'd be more interesting if Biff became mayor. Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't know. If, I don't know that I'm making any like uh, like declarations <laughs> about what I thought specifically would be more interesting. It's more just that it, it's the the trope of you go back in time. And the stage is already set for this guy to become mayor in thirty years. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's. He's the youngest owner of the store that he's working at or whatever, you know? And it's like, okay, I get it. You know, he's just going to continue to Come succeed on. and succeed and succeed. He's almost like a, uh, like, a like a Mary Sue, but an extra. And sure. It's like a side. Yeah. It's like a... He's destined to be just unstoppable. And whatever. Yeah, you just... And, and you're supposed to just... He's not like a major, major character, but you're supposed to... You're supposed to arrive in the past and then meet him and then be like... Oh, that's the guy that becomes the mayor. That's neat. You know, I remember him. And then the movie just continues on with its thing. So it's not really that big of a deal. It's just, you know, but that's not even the movie we watched. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> side side note. Sp- spe- <laughs> speaking of Biff, he's one of those actors that I, I'm caught off guard every time I see him on screen. Not in that movie, in other films and projects. I'm like, is that fucking Biff? Every time. He A few months ago, I watched... Uh, Zach Stone, it's gonna be famous. Mm-hmm. That Bo Burnham show on, that was on MTV yeah. like twelve that, years ago. Does that hold up. Uh, I've never seen it until I. It, okay. it was hilarious. I okay, re- okay. I really enjoyed it. But I'm like, is that Biff? He played his dad. I oh. had to do a quick search. Oh shit, that was Biff. <laughs> he kind of looks the same. It's like he's he's got to be Biff in that show, and it's just an alternate universe yeah. where he's had Zach Stone as a, a son. Yeah. Yeah. Are we are we doing that? Right in the, the reboot, the Zach Stone reboot. Who's playing Zach Stone? You? I think we can get Bo. <laughs> As uh, Biff? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, it's meta. Oh, oh, that could be the name of the show. Bo is Biff. Ah, oh, jeez. We've, we've tied ourselves in a knot. Oh, no. More <laughs> knots. All right, let's go back to Kingsman. Um, okay, so yeah, but we basically we talked about the intro. Well, we're off and running, and this dude kicks the ass of like, these eight dudes in the cabin, and then immediately gets cut in half. In a very gruesome... Yeah. I mean, I feel like it could have been more gruesome, though. Like, 
They could have shown some guts. Well, you, you usually, when guys get cut in half, it's, it's usually horizontally. Yeah. <laughs> the vertical, uh-huh. the symmetrical vertical one, yeah. yikers. Yeah. That's it, tough. It's a really brilliant way to, like, you immediately know how formidable that chick is. Like, I don't know that I've ever been introduced quicker to, like, a villain who can obviously hold her own. Because you don't even see her before she's cut this dude in half. And then she just shows up, and you're like, oh, shit. This girl is sneaky. She's quick. She can cut you in half. She's got, you know, fucking swords for legs. And we don't even know her name yet. I agree with you, but I feel like you're disrespecting Smokey from Stuart Little. He, he, like, killed, like, three mice very early in that film. Man, uh, I'm not <laughs> caught up on my Stuart Little. I, I also made that up. I, I, <laughs> all of it? Well, the, the, I don't think he killed any mice in the beginning of the film. You could have made up all of it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I felt guilty. I was just trying to be funny. About what? I don't know. I just, I like Stuart Little, 1999. <laughs> 1999. <laughs> Look it up, I'm ready. Okay, so, but what was, what was your, like, well, okay, you, you said that in the beginning you kind of got locked in, and it caught you in a way. Was it really just like the, the, the credits, the opening credits, or was there a moment early in the movie where you're like, okay, I'm definitely more interested in this than I was in Indiana Jones? Well, I mean, I think the first moment that clicked is the first uh, modern-day, the, the present-day action sequence in the bar, in the pub. Okay. When we get Colin Firth, who's yeah. about to walk out of the bu- the pint or the pint, <laughs> the pub, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Hey, oh, something about manners, yeah? yeah. Oh, come on, close. come yeah. off it, yeah." You got the first one, manners, um, and uh, maketh. Oh, Excedrin, because he had a tummy. <laughs> yeah, manners making Excedrin, yeah. yeah. It's a rough translation, but you're right. Yeah. Oh, Oxford. <laughs> yeah. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is it? Manners <laughs> maketh man. Ah. Yeah. I guess. So he's... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just politely disagree. That, that's manners. Yeah. I'm respectfully disagreeing. But now that whole sequence, I mean, you get your ass kicked with a guy with an umbrella. Mm-hmm. I mean... I mean, he, it is a bulletproof umbrella. And Patton Oswalt's in it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he forgets. I didn't see it. But no, but, no, it was that... that Moment because that's when I really started to notice a unique style of the direction. Like I, as we already spoke on early in the show, was Matthew Vaughn and kind of his comic book style of uh, action sequences, where it almost looked animated yeah. at times. Like not, but not enough CGI to where it took me out. It was it was cool. I enjoyed it, it, the speediness of it too. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure there's like a technical term for it. I am not nearly familiar enough with that shit to know what it is. But it was like a. It was like a steady shaky cam kind of thing. Where like it wasn't, you know, that you know, a rattling of the shaky cam. It wasn't that, but it was like frantically following all the, the motion of the fight. You know, and it like it has you kind of like, at least for me, it's like you're kind of off balance, but you're always on the target. You know, so it has you swaying back and forth, but you're like always with the movement. I don't know, I just really love it. I loved how, because they do that in the second one too. It's just like a really cool way to style fight scenes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think when you notice sequences like that, they stick with you for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, fight sequences that stick, like that, come to mind immediately. It's like the, that Daredevil series. Yeah, all those hallway shots and 
and, and things like that they did in the Punisher too, and but that will always stick with me. And I think this movie did that for me, where yeah. I'm like, I think I'm gonna probably compare other stuff to that yeah. as my a new top tier for me. Uh, at least how I felt in the moment, I'm like, I enjoyed the hell out of this, mm-hmm. and how they're and they set up everything. Yeah. It, it didn't take me out. Yeah. I don't like the overly done violence and it was a violent movie, but it wasn't like super. Like I, I like how they did the the heads exploding. Yeah. It wasn't just gratuitous violence. It was just it was like fireworks going yeah. off in different colors, and I thought it was which I mean, to them, the, to the people in in that world, are probably seeing the blood splattering and the flesh and all the gross shit. So that's what I was gonna ask. Do you think that's just like an artistic choice? As like we're supposed to understand that that's not actually what's happening. Yeah, it's just the way that it's gonna show it. No, to I think us. I think that's exactly what it was. Okay, and then when the, that British Prime Minister, they actually showed most of his eyes popping out and the mm-hmm. explosion. So I think. That was on purpose. It's almost too. like this is actually what's happening. Yeah, every everything time. else is we pretty. Just didn't need to show you that every time. Yeah, yeah. We, I know. I mean, I don't want to see like. Well, I mean, the bo- I mean, it'd be like the boy, like the boys. There's a bunch of heads exploding. Yeah, and, and they just they go hard. Yeah, which you know, it is what it is. Um, I think I agree, but at the same time, the only reason why I wonder if that's just kind of how it looks for some reason is because when. Uh, you know, when Luke Skywalker's head blows up. Whoa, spoilies! <laughs> but, when, you know, when his... <laughs> is that going to be... I've never said that before. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we need to save that. That's going <laughs> to... Spoilies! <laughs> um, so, when his head blows up, though, and it, like, blows up in Galahad's face... It may not be Galahad. I may have that wrong completely. The, Who's Galahad? I think it's Colin Firth. Oh. But when I say Galahad, I mean him. I don't know if I have the name. I don't know if you noticed, but I usually... <laughs> when I refer to characters, I either say the actor's name or another character they've been. Yeah, yeah, that's I, fair. I, it's right. hard. Colin Firth. When we're introduced to like eight to ten characters, I'm like, yeah. ah, well, in a movie, I'm not going to remember these guys' names mm-hmm. on first watch. Well, and especially with the, the Except Merlin. round table thing. Yeah, Merlin sticks for some reason. Yeah, but, King Arthur. Yeah. But, like, the, the Knights of the Round Maybe. Table thing, it's like, there's that Lancelot, and there's Galahad, and there's all these other guys, you know? But, uh, man, I completely forget. What was I talking about? Um, head, we're head, oh, that's right. Oh, so when he when the head blows up in Galahad's face, yeah. he's got, like, purple, like, shit on his face. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, is that, he's even that kind of an artistic choice? Wait, who is this again? When, when, Which uh, guy? When Luke Skywalker's head oh, blows up. right, right. Yeah. Professor Arnold. Professor, there, I pulled that out of nowhere, man. <laughs> James Arnold? James, you got it, James Arnold. Damn, I'm getting you right. Yep. Maybe I don't have CTE. I, I, yeah. You know, I've never seen, I don't think I've seen other Colin Firth movies, now that I think about it. Uh, there's one, like, romantic Oh, comedy. yeah, 1917. Mary Poppins. Uh, no, it's... Mamma Mia? I don't remember what it is. He's pretty much just Hugh Grant to me. I, I know like I, I can't define him, but I know <laughs> I know when I see him. <laughs> yeah, well said. Um He's a cool name. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. That sounds strong. Yeah. Uh, almost like he's a knight. Or a, or, or a Kingsman. Or or like a prestigious person in Britain. Okay. He's knighted. Maybe. Like Sir Is he Sir Colin Firth? I bet he will be one day. Yeah, like, like Sir Bernie Mac. Why do you do you care about the sir thing, the knighting in real life? Oh, it's it's not. Nah, why be hypocrite? I don't give a fuck about the royal family. Why would I give yeah. a fuck? I mean, except for uh, uh, see, except Patrick Stewart, because calling him Sir Pat Stew, 
Yeah. Flows really well. Specifically Stu, Sir Pat Stu. Yeah. Okay. Not Stewart, Sir Pat Stu. Uh, Sir Pat Stu. Sir okay. Pat Stu. That's like his screen name <laughs> on World of Warcraft. Sir Pat Stu. Yeah. Okay. Is that, that good? Yeah. I'm Pat Stewart. It's got a little Sean Connery in there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. That's what, maybe that's just my British. <laughs> yeah. My old British guy. Oh, yes. Is he British? The nuggets are in the oven. Is, is he Sean Connery? Yeah. Is, well, let's go to he? my friend uh, Wikipedia here. I really don't know my... Do we care? But yeah. <laughs> he died recently. Uh, oh, he is... Yeah. He, he's a Scottish actor. I was going to say... Wow. Well, I should have because I can't prove it. Well, I mean, it's the UK. They're UK. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was confused. It's like they all UK. together. We all care for UK. Yeah. Mm. Um, a lot of countries in the UK, but not... Really? Throw <laughs> <laughs> that uh, on a t-shirt. Yep. No, spoilies. Spoilies. No, well, that should be our merch. <laughs> spoilies. Well, and... we'll let the fans decide. Okay. All, all three of you. Oh, I, f- I almost forgot. Do we want to shout out? You know, do we want to start doing this? I don't know if they actually watched it or listened to it. It doesn't matter. But they Maybe did they message. They were. They might. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But no, seriously, we do appreciate when people reach out and saying that they're looking forward to it. Um, or they have listened to it. So we wanted to shout, you know, Taylor Stivers, shout out T. Stives for uh, reaching out, saying she was excited to, to, to for the future of this. And as we are, as are we. <laughs> I'm good at this. <laughs> I was and a communication was, major. Can you there was that? one other person, right? Oh, Jackie Sutton, thank you very much for reaching out. And I think she said she was going to watch it, or like, I watch one on a video podcast. One day. One day when we are. You're just speaking with vision. Yes. Ah, oh, manifest. I'm good at manifesting. Yeah, yeah. We talked. We we we, we covered this last <laughs> week. But thank you, Jackie, uh, for listening during your workout. Hopefully, uh, didn't ruin it, and, I, and you got good calorie uh, output. We we discussed this when that came up, you know, a few days ago. But I, I didn't realize the uh, just the guttural reaction I would have to the thought of someone working out to us talking. Yeah, that made me extremely uncomfortable. And look, I'm extremely thankful for people, anyone, literally anyone who's listening to this for any reason at all. But at the same time, I was like, my, I don't feel like my voice belongs in anyone's ear as they're doing anything active, quite frankly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the thought of someone working up a sweat, heart rate going up. To this. To us. <laughs> as I'm talking about taking a break to go poop. Yeah. Because we don't get to decide, you know, at what moment they're getting at in the podcast when, right? you know, so. And these are about an hour long or so, so. Hopefully. I mean, we've had one, so (laughs) we'll see how long this one goes to. We're not very far through the film, so this could go a little longer, which is okay. I'm having, you know, I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. Ben looks like he's having fun. He's a really good actor, though. We're all having fun. But thank you to uh, those two lovely ladies for, uh. And I suppose if it isn't clear, I guess what we're saying, too, is that, you know, you, no one has to reach out to us by any means. But if someone happens to listen to this one yeah. and wants to reach out and be like, hey, you guys fucking suck, you know, or you guys did really good, really anything. I think at this point we will literally shout out anyone who messages either of us referencing this show in any way. Yeah, we live in Indiana. We see the sun once every... 13 days we'll take any endorphins at this point yeah so thank you yeah thank you very much literally just like acknowledge our existence and that's all i'm asking for right now right because at the end of the day 
were forgettable. Because I think if I got a text, <laughs> if, if I got a text that said, I listened to your guys' show, it was awful, I'm never listening again, <laughs> some part of me would go like, but they listened. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and that's never going to go away. They always have that. That could be a mental health issue on our parts, if that's the case. Absolutely. That narcissism? No, I wouldn't say so. It's, I mean, we don't have to get into all of that. No, we that. should. Yeah. Let's just change the entire <laughs> vision of this podcast. Let's well, we are sponsored by BetterHelp again this and, week. And Dr. Pepper. And Dr. Pepper. I forgot about that. Presented by Toyota. Let's go places. Can we get sued for that? Nah, who cares? And, <sighs> what are they going to sue? Yeah. My net worth is uh, whatever I owe. You want to come Indiana after State. my credit card debt? <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the funny thing about Student loans and like I'm still like thirty whatever grand in debt to Indiana State. What's funny is that they will still reach out for me to donate money. It's like, I already did that. Yeah, <laughs> already, we already did that. No, the government did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Shout out, shout out, Barack. Shout out, Bo. Yeah. Who made a cameo in Kingsman? It all comes full circle. And, yeah. and then his head blew up at the end. Whoa, whoa. We don't know for that sure. That wasn't a political statement. Okay? I don't, I don't know. You, did you just threaten a former sitting president? <laughs> or was he standing? Come on. Hey, <laughs> and that's our show. All right. Come on. We need my, my Obama impression. They're working really hard on it. <clears throat> yeah, go for it. All right, I was waiting for you to say go for it. So go, 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 go. Michelle, uh, how'd you like the Kingsman? Pretty good. Do I have to be Michelle? Oh, I, no, I was just talking to myself. Okay. You can't be, be Michelle. I don't want to be Michelle. Come on, you're hot, you have long gloves. Yeah, but that doesn't make me Michelle, okay? You have a, you have a this nice glow about you. You probably have dark skeletons in your closet. Mm-hmm. Is, are you insinuating that that's what Michelle has? Yeah. Are you saying something about our former first lady? I'm saying she's a fraud. And so this podcast <laughs> something different real quick. No, I'm just kidding. I, Michelle seems <laughs> Welcome nice. back to the Alex Jones era. <laughs> in my ass. <laughs> I don't even, was that like an Alex Jones? I, I don't know what that was. I'll eat your ass. I'll do it. Okay, yeah. Aquafina waters turn, turn the spiders asexual. Eight legs sticking right, up. By all means, keep going. They, they got eight legs and furry... Testicles. Yep. Coming after our children and our jobs. <laughs> Take this down to your local townhouse and 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 fight the system. Damn, that was powerful. That was a that was a me. That was me at the end. When at the end, I couldn't see where you began and whatever <laughs> that was began. Oh, it's annoying being so fucking good at impressions. Mm-hmm. Like, god damn. Like, Sometimes you get so deep into an impression that I you, get scared. you come out the other side dude, and you become you again. I'm glad you said that, but there's moments where I'm like, am I com- ever coming back? Yeah. I'm so deep. Like, uh, man, I'm, I'm like in this dark hole. I see a tiny light, but is it going to close? Mm-hmm. Is it just like a... Is Alex Jones going to take over? Yeah. Has he already? That's what my last shrooms trip was like. Alex Jones not Alex Jones specifically but I was worried (laughs) I was just generally worried (laughs) not that I do shrooms or anything yeah uh, (laughs) I don't do illegal substances uh yeah definitely um (laughs) god we haven't talked about the Kingsman in a while no we have Barack Obama yeah I mean we you know 
Well, he, yeah, I mean. And the, then you did a terrific Barack Obama impression. That, that's the thing. That was not me. I was going to ask, are you just layers of impressions, you know? Like, you do an impression of someone, and then and then that person does an impression of someone else, and it's just there's no way of knowing how many layers deep you are by now. Because every impression you come out of, you don't realize that you're just coming out of it into a, a different impression. I think that's just sickness. I think that might actually just be personality. Yeah. Just in general. Disorder or just personality? Just, yeah, just generally. And it's I have a good personality, ladies. <laughs> so... He's single. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, and I like it that way. <laughs> I don't need a man. Except for Ben. Except for Ben. <laughs> you can't see this, folks, but I'm rubbing his leg. I'm getting closer. He's not. And, and closer to his ankles so I can tie him up. He does love my ankles. Yeah. Tom Hanks has great legs, especially in the 80s. It all comes full That's circle. That's right. All right, what was next to that film? What, what happened after? What? The Hunt for Red October? Well, again, so I think that both these films you've already seen, and you, for yeah, the most part... Yeah, we need to do one next that you've seen. And then, yeah, and then you haven't. I would like yeah. to... Yeah, find one. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> up to me. I, I think, well, in The Kingsman, once, once we got to, like, oh, this is about climate change, in a sense, and mm-hmm. the SIM cards, how that all kind of came together that's kind of when I was sold on the plot too like I was sold on the action sequences but now we have like a pr- like at the time 2014 this is probably I don't know if there was any plots like that beforehand yeah. this is when global warming was real right now that we have vaccines yeah. to tell us that it's not yeah so we're probably going to get like a little notification below our podcast hey, that just means we've made it <laughs> hey covid vaccine if we've reached enough people that we have to be flagged mm-hmm. for for covid misinformation again that to me that's a good thing what's what is misinformation if none of this is real in the first place welcome back to the, the tim Wells experience <laughs> <laughs> so aaron Rodgers, tell me about throwing footballs and eating it's a uh, lot like di- doing ayahuasca that's what i'm supposed to say right <laughs> Make fun of his doing. You kind of, you kind of have a Aaron Rodgers look to you. Right Finally, now. somebody gets it. Yeah, that's what I've been going for the whole time. Was he, or was he going for you? Well, it's a good question. Are you worth three hundred million? I like to think I'm worth more than that, or that I'm worthless. But like, well, being, but being worthless is like being invaluable. Exactly. You that's can't, what I'm saying. Yeah. What's the difference between worthless and infinite value? I like. I like it. Yep. It's like a like a Nintendo cartridge, invaluable. Because you need a you need the console. Okay. <laughs> so having just couldn't you do that with anything else though, like a CD? Like it's, well, any you need the CD player. Any tech. Well, and then not, 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 not a phone. We need the SIM cards, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got dragged back into it, but I'm I'm impressed. Well, so you so you you've seen this movie. Well, you've seen all three. Have you seen the new one as yeah. well? Didn't okay. love it. Didn't love it. Okay. But so, for years, you've tried to get me to watch this movie. Yeah. For you, you've always held this in high regard. Mm-hmm. What about this film? This Because this one, is, obviously, it's the intro that drew you into this world. Yeah. What made, you, what made it feel special to you? So, the first thing that comes to mind is it kind of plays off of what you had said earlier, how you just kind of know when you're going to like a movie when it starts off good. And it kind of, it, it, it draws you in, you know, early. And that same exact thing happened to me when I saw this in theaters. You know, it, it I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm, I feel like this was in my era of seeing like a movie by myself two or three times a week. 
and, and I'm sitting there and I got my popcorn and something about the score when it hits, when you see the, the title screen, like everything before that was fine. It was cool. I was into it. But that part of it, I was like, oh, this has got me now. Like, cause I'm a sucker for music and it was amazing music. The action had been cool and we're flying through the mountains and I'm locked in. And then as soon as we get to that next scene, like one of the things I really do love about this movie, and again, in hindsight, it's kind of stuff that a lot of other movies have played with. But at the time, it was a lot of like the ways that they subverted expectations. You know, because now we're in a day and age where it's like, if you're not subverting expectations, what are you even doing? You know, it's like, that's what art is now. But then it was still kind of at the, the I wouldn't say it was the cutting edge, but it was, it was a mainstream version of the cutting edge of really trying to challenge those normal things. And, like, you think about the, the scene where he comes out of the church and, like, had, had Colin Firth's character just died in that church or something, I don't think that would have been as alarming. But once you have him walk out, you have this, like, sense of security because he's alive now, yeah. you know? And it's like, okay, I don't know how yet, but there's going to be some kind of conversation and they're going to take him in as a prisoner or something or someone's going to come out and save him. I don't know. Just something's going to happen. Because if he was going to die, he would have died already. But he comes out, you feel like he's safe, and then you have uh, Valentine walk up to him, Samuel L. Jackson's character, and he you know, he says the whole thing like, you know, this is where I explained to you my master plan and take you prisoner and blah, blah, blah. He's like, that'd be nice. And he's like, not that kind of movie. He just shoots him in the head. And as soon as I saw that the first time, I was like, hell yeah. Like, this is a movie that's just, it's not afraid, you know? It's just fucking, you know, cutting people off. Because at this point, too... Um, no, we did know. We did know by now that they hadn't actually killed the girl that drowned and that they hadn't killed the, the Well, we found dogs. that out. We found out. Like, right before, pretty much. Because he told them that right before he went on that mission. Okay. That was that last conversation yeah. they had in the house. But, but anyway, though, you know, it's like you have these moments throughout the movie where, I mean, even, even the scene where he does, you know, quote-unquote, shoot the dog, where, I mean, he doesn't, but he's supposed to. There's like that moment where Arthur points the gun at him and you're like, oh boy, what's going on here? But then he just hands him the gun and you're like, okay, we're safe. But then he's like, but shoot the dog. And you're like, oh no, you know? And it's like, it just, it takes you to the edge of your seat and then gets you to relax again. And then it takes you right back to the edge of your oh, seat. Yeah. Well, you bring up an interesting point, especially the part where Colin Firth's character does get shot in the head where they're like, okay, the shit, they... Because in my head, I'm, we're trained to think, oh, he's not really dead or something's going to happen. Yeah. And then he doesn't show back up. So I'm, I'm assuming he's dead. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the second one. I don't know. Spoilies. <laughs> Spoilies. <laughs> Spoilies. But we see this often in, in what I view as corny films and TV shows. Like, the last three seasons of The Walking Dead, they they do this where, like, okay, it, well, it's the same routine. It's not even just... They, they eventually will kill off main characters here and there. But the entire... Uh, the entire series is like, okay, main character's about to get, they're, they're, they're in shit creek, but they're going to miraculously be saved. Time and time and time again. And I'm, yes, I'm kind of criticizing the last season, <laughs> for the, especially the last few episodes. Um, but they, they do this and it takes away any tension because we just know how it's going to go. Every mm-hmm. fucking time. Movies do this all the time. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, Last Jedi, we had just kind of spoken about, uh, I don't know, maybe it was one of our buddies yeah. talking about this scene with where they should have just killed off Finn. Yeah. Uh, that would have been brave and, a gr- and, and meant something. It's a choice. It, it makes his it, character even, meaningful. Yeah. Yes. And movies and shows, they just refuse to get rid of 
these characters for whatever reason, money, I don't know, yeah. they're a draw. Like contracts or something. Like yeah. That. And then to see that in Kingsman, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Because Game of Thrones, that's what made Game of Thrones special. They never gave me fuck. Yeah. Especially those first four or five seasons. It's just, you're on the edge of your seat every week. Even though, like, some shows who choose not to do that, to, like, save them, they're, they're releasing the tension. But, like, in Game of Thrones, where, you know, Eddard Stark, Ned, mm-hmm. dies at the very end. Yeah. Like, no, surely he's going to get saved. Like, surely. And then yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. That sets up a precedent for the rest of the series. Yeah. The rest of the series. And yet, still, every time a new one happens, you're kind of like, oh, but they won't actually yeah. do it this time. Sure. And then they do it again. And, and, and sometimes like, oh, they don't. God. And sometimes yeah. they don't. And then yeah. that's that's kind of the beauty of it. Exactly. And that's why... But you got to let it happen sometimes so that there's actual tension. And then this is a movie, so this happens maybe close to two-thirds of the way in. Yeah. This was like the end of the second act. And like, okay, the rest, lock in. We don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way. We don't know who's going to live, who's going to die. Um, and if you haven't seen the movie, well, it's been it's been at this point. Years. Why are you? Even it's been not, this no one of substance really dies the rest of the way, yeah. as far as the the people we're supposed to root for. But I didn't know that. Like, we didn't know. I, didn't, I thought I kind of had a feeling like Roxy was going to. Is that her name? The blonde chick who. Didn't, uh, have, didn't have an important job. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual Kingsman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one that actually became a member of the Kingsman and not... That's kind of funny that she... <laughs> not Eggsy, who did the entire last mission, basically. Just I mean, a, look, she played her part. He was a like, freelance. He did the cool stuff. Let's put it that way, <laughs> yeah. you know? Which, you know, and the other thing with Roxy that I noticed through watching this again is we obviously didn't see a lot of the, the training process and, like, the, the testing because it skipped time, you know, quite a few different times. I assume it probably happened over, I don't know, a couple months or something. You know, maybe even like six months, I'm not sure, because the dogs grow up, you know. So you, you know that some time is passing, and we don't see a lot of it. But it seems like every time we see it, someone makes a mention of Roxy being, like, the top of the class. And yet every time we see an actual thing... She's a damsel in distress. I mean, I wouldn't say she's a damsel, but she's struggling. You know, like she's scared before she jumps out of the plane. And like when she's doing the mission to go back up, she's freaking out there. And then when the balloons pop, she's screaming as it falls to the ground. And it's like, I mean, like, I want to believe that she won the Kingsman (laughs) thing. I really do. But you're not doing a very good job of like showing me the best spy of that group. Yeah. Like, everything the movie's showing me is that she's scared of everything. Where's your Where's her ninja focus? Yeah, and I'm just like, look, if you show her being formidable and everything, I'm all for her beating out um, Eggsy for the, for the spot. But it's just weird that just about every moment... I mean, I guess, you know, they show her early on when the water comes in the room. She's one of the two people who makes, like, a suggestion on how to save everybody. So it's like, she's not, like, you know, useless or anything. Like, she obviously knows her shit. But it just seems like every time it gets to be, like physical moments like she doesn't even like she she passes that test with the uh the train tracks but one we don't see it so they just say she passes with flying colors but we don't like watch what that looks like so we don't get an idea of what it looks like for her to like stay cool under pressure <laughs> yeah especially know? she's always scared and it's hard for me yeah, to believe it exactly and so, i'm just saying just show us that scene she's like, so that we see her being a badass she's like yeah i'm gonna die for the cave of course yeah it's easy i guess She's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. They're my fucking dudes. I'll just die here because I don't know what you're talking about. You know, like, she just, oh, fine, she's being a badass, but show us that. Instead, they just say she did a great job, you know, and then they just show her kill the dog. It was just kind of like, I'm I'm ready to believe that Roxy's a badass, but nothing we've actually seen suggests that she's a better Kingsman than Eggsy. 
Like, just show us one thing. Give her that she didn't even get the main mission, which I suppose it kind of had to be Eggsy because he had to show up and pretend to be, uh, what's his face, uh, the guy who's Arthur, Chester, something or other. Um, but still, it was just such an interesting, like, she wins the Kingsman and she wins the whole training thing, but also we're going to just set her to the side and she's not actually going to do the Kingsman shit. It's going to be this other guy who's, you know, in the movie he's the main character, but, you know, for the sake of whatever, he didn't win the actual uh, Lancelot competition or whatever. But I just thought that was an interesting decision, to not really show us her being a good agent. She's not a top G. <laughs> we are just touching on <laughs> the entire lexicon of... Well, we're, we're, well, here at Recency Bias, mm-hmm. we go places people have never gone before. The Final Frontier. Is this a like a Nissan ad or something? No. It sounds familiar. We're in my room. Talking to a mic. Okay. But it, you never know, though. It, what, is you think, one of those Jesus ads? You think I'm just going to do bits? I think that's... You think that's... You think you... Think you ben, you've known me for 17 mm-hmm. years. You think that's me? Yeah. You think I'm just going to do a bit for no reason with I'm, without any relevance to what you were saying? You're right. You're right. I shouldn't have assumed such a thing. So what? Please continue, though. No. <laughs> this mo- that monologue I was going for uh-huh. was in fact sponsored by Nissan. Okay. Let's go uh, further places. Further. Well, that's Toyota. Let's 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 go on to let's travel. What's Nissan's? Nissan. Think uh, faster. Uh, what? Well, they're Korean, I think. Wait, come what? on. What? What? What was any of that? I know a little Korean. Okay. I listened to uh, Bad Friends with Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino. Shout out. I, yo, look for them in the in the video podcast. <laughs> I, I learned a lot of Korean through Bobby Lee. Okay. It's mainly just him imitating his dad in a racist so, accent for me if I did it, hypothetically. So you know how to imitate him imitating his dad. That's not racism. If anything, it's just art. Oh, yeah. Should I edit that? Please continue. Should no, I, definitely should, dig deeper. Should I bleep? What? We're having fun? Yep. We're having a real good time. We're having a great time. Samuel L. Jackson, by the way, mm-hmm. underwhelming. There, so That was my only... My only issue was the villains. His villain. I mean, I, like, I love everything else. I like Samuel L. Jackson. Uh-huh. Um, what did you not like about him? The, like, the character? It's The Mike Tyson accent... I I don't mind the list, but that threw me out completely. Anytime you talk Mike Tyson, it's Mike Tyson. So it's interesting you say that, though, because I – and I could be wrong about this. I think I've heard this, though, that he – that was not, like, a way the character was written. That was a way that Samuel L. Jackson decided to do the character. So they just, like, gave him this Valentine character. For some reason, he just figured that he needed to have, like, a, a lisp. So he just started doing that, and then that's how they did it. Well, and I'm sure, because the movie's not totally serious, all mm-hmm. in the tone, so it is, I guess it kind of creates lighter moments within this darker scope of a story, Yeah. but it just took me out. Uh, a lot. It's, it's a choice, for sure. I don't need it's him to be, choice. and he probably, maybe he just, he was thinking, well, I don't get to play a villain a lot. He usually plays like an anti-hero mm-hmm. slash anti-villain-ish in most of the movies he plays, Yeah. but now that he's just a villain that he's like... 
I don't want to just be the motherfuck this, motherfuck that guy. Yeah. I want to kind of be a sillier. Well, what's interesting is that even his character is kind of like obsessed with this idea of, of being a supervillain in a movie. You know, like that's how he talks a lot of the time. That's like that last scene where he dies. You know, he's like, is this the part that you say a witty one-liner or whatever? And then Exy just kind of says, not that kind of movie, bruv. And he, to Samuel L. Jackson's character, he's like, perfect. Point, you know? point and, and But it's like he's almost... He, he recognizes the whole scope of the movie to recognize that the fact that Eggsy responded in that way like is the witty one-liner. Yeah, no. For, you know? So it's like he doesn't do the witty one-liner, but he does. Well, and, and to go back earlier, you're saying, well, this movie does a good job kind of breaking the fourth wall without actually breaking the fourth yeah. wall. It recognizes it. It's the meta-ness. Yeah. Rag being meta. Yeah, and it's not like looking at the camera and being like, we see you, but it kind of yeah. knows it's a movie. I would say if I had a complaint... Overall, I really enjoyed this film. I, I didn't think he was a compelling enough villain mm-hmm. because he didn't do anything cool either. He wasn't like a badass. You didn't uh, love that he hated the sight of blood. No, so I mean the that, one that's person a, he killed. He that's a funny quirk. And I even said <laughs> when he threw up, like, oh, yeah. callback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> call back to the first that's scene. Called we a character arc, I yeah. think. But character barf. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I think we can do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next week. Merch. On recency bias. Dot com. Character barf. Slash. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Slash merch. <laughs> yeah. Where do we go from here? <laughs> I'm feeling it. Turn the lights down now. Okay. Um, so what else happened in the movie, though? We've touched on quite a bit. Exy befriends fellow Kingsman trainee Roxy, and he endures Merlin's test until they, they, are, the other, they are the only candidates left a really good synopsis. Thank you. Eggsy refuses his final test, dash, dash, shooting a pug puppy he was given to raise, dash, dash. So, there was that. We kind of touched on that, yep, though. Yep. Um, oh, we, we barely have discussed yeah, Mark Hamill. <laughs> <We're doing laughs> Not where I was going. Where are you going? <laughs> well, remember, there was the moment earlier where you were talking about the church scene, I think. Ah, uh, uh, yes. And then I, that's when I kind of said, should we start at the beginning? So you had thoughts. Well, here, let me do this. Your notes. Okay. What did you put down on your notes? Well, I didn't write anything about that specifically, the church people. But well, we can discuss that here in a bit. Um, all right. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read my thoughts. After each thought, I'll have you. Okay. React. Are they like questions or just thoughts or? They're just thoughts. Okay. All right. My first thought was British Luke Skywalker. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Second one was Colin Firth, more like Colin Girth. <sighs> I can see where these are going. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's clearly he's got big dick energy yeah. in this film, and Girth rhymes with Firth. I, mean, I don't know if you caught up on that. Did you catch that? The oh yeah oh okay yeah. I didn't even think about it that way yeah right okay because they rhyme also insinuates. He's yeah. got a fat wiener. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't it's, know. I don't know about length specifically, but at least yeah. with but you circumference. Know, we all know that that it's girth that matters. Yes, Colin girth. <laughs> all Colin girths <laughs> yeah. matter. Um, third one didn't like that police chase. Felt disrespectful putting our boys in blue in that kind of danger. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes sense that that would be early, early in the movie. Yeah. Uh, they steal the car, and then I just felt like they were unnecessarily putting these cops in danger. I mean, they wanted to embark on some tomfoolery. I think that the people driving the car, like Eggsy, 
way more, way more danger than the cops. Well, they're going backwards. Here's a, okay. This is an honest question about cars. I don't know. Can a car go in reverse as fast as it can go no. and drive? And no. why not? Um, I'm, I'm sure maybe there's some, maybe some like specialty mods maybe that, that allows that reverse to kind of clutch to different gears and shift. Uh, so it's a gear thing. Yeah, it's a gear thing. I mean, it's it can basically the, just go. The, the RPMs are only going to go so far, yeah. so high with in okay. reverse. Because it wants to shift, but it can't. I bet you can probably go 30. It depends on the car. That'd be kind of a dope car that doesn't have like a front or a back. Yeah, it just has two fronts, and you can just like turn your seat around. <laughs> Just go whichever direction makes more sense. Like any space movie where like the cockpit can kind of shift. Yeah, but it's just like a car, and like it wouldn't even like it'd be kind of futuristic, but not even really that much. I'm sure you could design an like engine. A, almost like a transformer. Kind of. Like I mean, a, yeah, but it, it's just that like you know you'd have a thing at the top of the car and it would just turn around like. Wait, a, Batman has that. And kind of his well, does like a weird well, flip around, do that shit. Yeah. The the. Uh, yeah, his big beefy one, or his bike that goes the Christian Bale one. Yeah, and he yeah. can turn, he can go into the bike. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. But I'm just saying, like you know, but that that uh, every parking space that type of engineering where it shifts like that. Yeah, because I've just always wondered that if you could go, because in that scene they're going backwards, and I, you can kind of tell Baby Driver too. They're not. Oh man, don't don't get my hopes Sorry. up. Sorry, fucking Kevin. Not... Kevin Spacey. Why'd you have to go? Unfortunately, I don't even think it was it was just him. I don't think they like that. Well, he died, so like, well, that's well, what I mean. Well, there's some allegations against uh, Ansel Elgort is a questionable character as well. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't know much about it, but that's what I've heard. Not here to. Uh, We're not here to spread allegations or rumors, especially if they're pooping. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. My next thought. Um, pretty cool to see the guy who voiced the gorilla and sing get some work. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Which came out after this film, but and then uh, my next thought was Samuel L. Jackson. These are my thoughts. I'm not saying they're like yeah, you know, deep it, dives into the movie. I definitely feel a little stupid now for asking if these were like questions. <laughs> well, in a sense, aren't they? No. I'm gonna start approaching these like questions. My next one has a little more. Okay. Depth to it. Uh, Luke Diewalker, frowny face. <laughs> Way more depth. Way more depth. Uh, next thought, ate my dinner, got too full for notes. <laughs> <laughs> That's meta. <laughs> wow. It, it is. Uh, then the one after said, rallied back. <laughs> and then the next one, Colin Firth gets buried in the earth. <laughs> this is when he died. Yeah, yeah. This is when he died. Back to the Colin Firth wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, calling all folks. Do you still have LeBron James dinosaur on there? Oh, dude, that was like three phones ago, <laughs> two iCloud accounts ago. Uh, next one. I don't like rooting against Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with that one. Retweet on that. I, one. It, you know, he, he, that's how good of an actor he is. Mm-hmm. I, I hated him at the end. Yeah, he was a meanie. When head. you see that on his neck, you're like, you he, bastard. Oh, you? What are you doing? He's a little sneaker ten, yeah. little little sneaky Mick Squiggles. Didn't like sneaky it. Sneaky Mick Squiggles. Yep. <laughs> Oi, Michael. Er, Michael Kane. Oi. Me name's Michael Kane. Me names. <laughs> What'd you say, Mick Squiggles? Uh, sneaker, sneaker Mick Squiggles. Sneaker. Sneaker Mick Squiggles. Oh, bro. <laughs> Bruce, master, master Bruce. Manners make it man. What? Manners maketh man. 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, think some, I think you said mayonnaise. Yeah, kind of. We need, we, need, uh, we need Zach in here to do P. Holmes as Batman. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. Nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last, this is my last thought in my notes. Um, second most dangerous person to wear blade legs. Behind Oscar Pistorius, yep. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might have murdered more people than he, her. He murdered his wife. That's a, forget. that's a weird story. Yeah. He claims that someone was might have, might have been breaking into his bathroom when he was shitting, so he took a shotgun and just shot the wall or the door without asking any questions. Man, usually I'd be like, "Hey, are you my wife?" <laughs> this, is a, this is a stand-up joke. Hey, are you my wife? Come on, I'm pooping here. Yeah, I'm pooping over here. <laughs> Come on! Oh, we done. I got faces everywhere. my bathroom. I don't know. Toilet paper <laughs> in my ass. But uh, those are my notes, Ben. Hope. Got a ghoul. Parmigiano. Oregano. <laughs> Just say basic words. <laughs> Spaghetti. <laughs> I was thinking like non-Italian related. <laughs> uh, basketball. <You're> mustard. <laughs> you gotta put your hand down. We got mustard over here. Uh, what are these TVs doing out? Uh, oh man. Uh, man, that was good. I teared up on that one. Oh man. That had a budget of eighty-one to ninety-four million. How do you miss? Yeah, give or take a couple tens of millions. <laughs> Guys, we lost thirteen million. Where did it go? I would uh, assume marketing. <laughs> marketing is such a you know what even is marketing? Well, you can put that into anything. We've we've been doing it throughout this podcast. That's true, and we've made upwards of fifty million dollars doing it. We could retire now, but we we do it for you guys. We love mm-hmm. we love what we do. Yep, and like we said, we, you know, we just want to hear feedback. Good, bad, horrible. Never listen to us again. You know, maybe you think that we need to go to hell. I don't know, but at least you listened. I don't. I don't know if I would do well in hell. I don't think anyone does. No, no. Some people would thrive. <laughs> yeah. Like my, uh, like my uh, GTT teacher, eighth grade. You should name her. Him. Wow. No. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Anyway, <laughs> shout out Mr. Nah. Malls, <laughs> though. What do you, th- what do you think? <laughs> like, okay, because they're being controlled by villains, but like the actual plot of the film, I mean, it does bring up, I mean, I brought up Marxism in a sense. Yeah, that was, a, that was. I was a little off though. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was directly, but like it's like the Thanos argument. Like, should we get rid of yeah. a certain population to make the Earth survive? I think we're. If, I'm not trying to go too deep into my thoughts on climate change. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> That's what this podcast needs to be. Is no, but I, I, there's an old Carlin bit from like 40 years ago. He's talking about like the, he was talking about climate change back then in the mm-hmm. 80s. He's like, you know, the Earth's fine. Like we're fucked. Like humans are fucked. Yeah, and that and that kind of felt like that was 
kind of the spirit of the villain's motivation. It's like, oh, we were the cancer. Humanity is the yeah. cancer that's killing the earth. Well, the virus. That's what he says. Yeah, we're the virus. Well, because he, there's this moment, you know, where he's talking to I, I am the was, virus. Uh, Arthur. You know, that's when he explains like the full scope of the plot. Who's Arthur? The ma- uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> TVs. Mustard. James Bond. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But he's talking to Michael Caine, and he's explaining to him that, you know, the the global warming is the same thing as a human body having a fever to fight off a virus. So the warming of the globe is warming so that it kills people. And it'll only stop warming once it's killed enough people or all the people to get rid of the virus. Okay, so his argument is basically like the virus dies either way, at least if we do this, we're in control of how the virus dies. You know, so that's kind of where, it, it's not like, it's still extremely genocidal, but it's like, they keep a sense of understandability to it, you know, like you can kind of sympathize with where he's coming from, just from the sense that at least to him, he's like, everyone on earth is going to die anyway. If we do this, at least we're only going to kill like 80%, you know, and we can save the rest. Now it's obviously bullshit and he's only saving rich people and all that, you know, whatever. But the bottom line is he's basically going, the virus dies either way, let's kill it ourselves. Do I get... I think I get confused on empathy versus sympathy. Okay. So so sympathy, that's somewhere you have personally experienced, right? Where you can no, totally... You, see you more have it backwards. Sympathy is oh, like... Oh, shit, I've been speaking out of turn for a while. So, like, <laughs> you know, like an empath is someone who is like... I don't just, like, recognize that you're feeling a certain way and like relate to that I feel what you're feeling like you know I know exactly what you're going through and I'm feeling it with you that's like what a true empath Mm. would be so empathy is like the practice of truly feeling what you're feeling sympathy is just like I understand that you're going through something hard and I don't understand the details of it but I understand that you're going through something hard so I'm gonna like just step aside and let you go through that or whatever or be supportive whatever Gotcha. So you'd think there'd be more Nazi empathizers. Come on. Uh, I set them up. I've been set up. I've that, been set that up. That was a two-minute rant for me to have a punchline ready to go. About Nazis, too. Yeah, that was pretty bold. good. That was really bold. But I actually didn't really understand the difference, so thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? Because I've always, I've always preached. You know me. I'm always preaching empathy. Yeah. Well, that's right. You've meant sympathy this whole time. We preaching sympathy. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still gonna fuck this up. I just need to look it up. I should probably just. Yeah, I mean, like once you get it, you get it. It's really just that empathy sure. is like the harder, deeper one, more or less, because empathy requires like truly understanding the thing that someone's going through. Sympathy is is strictly understanding that someone is going through something. But you don't know what they're going through. Yeah, you may you may kind of get it enough. You know, it's like you're going through a hard day. I can get that you're going through a hard day, but I'm not having a hard day. So I'm not feeling it with you, but I can get that you're going through a hard day. So that's why you would say, like, I'm sympathetic to that person's whatever. But if you're empathetic, it's like you're literally feeling it with them. Maybe not to the same degree, but, like, you get it. Oh, Okay. So it's like when someone eats too much cake and then they... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yep. I'm just, I'm just trying to do some John Mulaney for you. Okay. Sorry. But thank you for that lesson on E versus S. Yep. Hey, and if I'm wrong, um, another reason to message one of us. You'll get a shout out on the next show. You'll get a shout out? 
and possibly a gift prize, which may or may not involve. Probably not, though. I, was I just want to. You can go, but I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up. I was just gonna say like a little heart message bag. Oh, okay. Yeah, you could probably get that then. May or may not. You know. Yeah. If you got time. If you're at least a six. <laughs> <laughs> And scene. Yeah. And we're back. That was a, that was a character I was playing. Yeah, but Tim's been pooping for ten minutes. So. <laughs> oh man, should we start wrapping up, or what do we? Anything else? Well, do you have any, do you have any recommendations of uh, things you've maybe watched in the last couple weeks? Couple weeks. You've been on. You've been watching the the Quiet Place. No, that's not what it's called. The Quiet. Yeah, oh, very different. The Good Place. The, <laughs> the good, good Place. The good yeah. Place. Um, yeah. I mean, I suppose I think it was. It got popular enough. I feel like a lot of people have already seen it. But um, if you haven't. The Good Place is fantastic. It's like, it exists to me in a different place than like things like The Office, Parks and Rec, created by the same person, Michael Schur. But it's like a different kind of funny to me. It's it's like, I've always imagined, and if you've seen all the way through The Good Place, you probably have a better idea of what I'm talking about here. But I think this was like him just thinking through like philosophical problems in his head. And then just translating it into a TV show. Like, that's why I think it's so interesting. Is it's funny and it's lighthearted and has these, you know, interesting little characters. But, like, at the crux of every episode is almost like this deep ethical, you know, uh, problem that they're solving. You know, and that's that's what's cool about those, you know... Um, I mean, this isn't a podcast about The Good Place. No, it's a good show, though. Maybe this can be, like, a little segment we do where we just kind of give off recommendations. Yeah. Things we are watching or rewatching. I guess the point, I, I'm just not trying to go so deep into all the characters of The Good Place, but the point is what I what I enjoy so much about it is that it takes its time to kind of get you settled in what this world is and who these people are, but the the conflicts in the show, it, like, it, it might sound boring, but, like, almost every single conflict in the show just ends up being, like, a conversation, you know? It ends up being, like, how do I settle this thing while still being a good person? Or how do we fairly, you know, distribute this thing? Or how do we decide this thing without harming someone unnecessarily? Like, it's always things like that. It's never, like, it may come in the, 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 the vision of shrimp flying through the sky and giant ladybugs and stuff. But more often than not, it's just like a philosophical quandary or something. And then the further the show goes, the deeper it goes into a lot of those questions. Yeah. And by the very end of it, I told you, I won't, I won't get into details, but... I mean, it's one of my favorite finales. It's like, because the shows are like 30 minutes each, but when it gets to the finale, I want to say like the last three episodes are each like 45 minutes, and they just really go into a lot of depth with the way that they finish it. And it's just, it's not only really intelligent, it's really like heartfelt. And, I don't know, just deep. In a way that I feel like a lot of other like mainstream shows won't go yeah i've caught know. i've caught a few episodes with you maybe four or five of them and they surprised me mm-hmm. i've never seen it and it's not like i just wrote it off i it's clear to me that the showrunners and the writers kind of had they it's probably just represented their own questions of what comes after and mm-hmm. trying to cope with life after which is all at the end of the day at some point in your life it's a scary thought whether you're over it or not or you're going to go through it your entire life uh, I think shows like this will re- could actually really help people. Uh, oh, yeah. To k- kind of navigate and, their, their thoughts. And I'll tell you, last thing on it, like it's great that you can pick that up just on like the handful of episodes that we've watched together. But like, again, I can't get too specific. But 
there's there's like a big moment in the show that you haven't even got to yet. Sure. And that's like where it turns into a whole other thing on top of what it already is. And that's what's so great about it is like you're absolutely right with what you're saying about where the first season is, but like it's everything past the first season. The first season is completely necessary because you need it to understand all these characters yeah. and the roles in the world and everything. But in my opinion, it's like, I've, I've said, like, the first season to me is like a 75, just solid, good show. Season two is like an 85. Season three is like a 90. Season four, 95, hundreds. Just like, but it needs to work its way up to these, like, really incredible heights because it builds off of everything else before it. That's why it's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, I, I, I think wherever you're at with faith and whatever you're feeling about life and death, I don't think it matters where you're at in that journey to enjoy this show. Mm-hmm. I, I will say I'm happy to where where my comfortability is with life after death to be turned on to this show. Yeah, cool. Um, so I'm excited to kind of keep diving deeper uh, into that. Well, well, and, and let me reverse it on you. What have you seen recently? What, oh. what would be your... So, recommendations. Due to unforeseen circumstances in this this market, if you will, I've had some more free time in my life. Um, last week and week and a half, I watched quite a lot actually, and it's been really tough for me to get into shows lately. Um, but I've gotten in uh, one show in particular called The White Lotus, which is super popular. I'm not going to go into too much detail because it's pretty it's 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 popular. You know, people mm-hmm. ever it's everyone's talking about it for the most part. So I don't need to go too much into detail, but I did really enjoy it. I know some people, uh, especially like the more opinionated folks out there, um, a lot of comics, so they don't like it. Okay. A lot of the comics I listen to, they don't like it for some reason. Um, but I think that's that could just be like an ego thing for some people. But well, you know, and I mean, it's taste. It's yeah. different. It's a different show, and I really liked it um, because it wasn't just everything nowadays just feels so violent. Okay. Where every show is like grim and bloody and gory, and I'm just not into that right now. Yeah. Or emo. Like I know you watch Wednesday. I'm sure it's fine. I've never been into the Adams Family. Never been into. Like, I I watched it. I watched it because I watched the first episode. Did you finish it? I did. But okay. again, it was like it was one of those shows where it's like I watched episode two because I watched episode one, and I watched episode three because I watched episode two. But it was never like I was sitting there going like. This is peak television. Sure. You know, it was just kind of a... I might as well watch the next one. There's only eight or however many there are. You know, it was it was just kind of... It was good enough to hold my attention, but, you know, I'm not going to like... I wouldn't put that as one of my recommendations, really. Yeah, and then the seasonal depression thing, I really think it's a legit thing. I know it's a legit thing. and but, but So I, it's nice. The White Lotus, even though it's like a darker... There is darkness in the show, but it takes me out... It takes me to a different world, like a vacation-style mm-hmm. world, which is nice. It's yeah. sunshine. In a way, it's giving yeah, me... It's like it's summer. Yeah. Like dopamine that yeah. I've been missing out on. So, but I, I binged both seasons. Only 13 episodes total in both seasons combined. So very... like hour long? Roughly. 52 okay. minutes. Very digestible. So, yeah. I, it's got my Tim seal of approval. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, I know I've kind of annoyed my friends about this, but there's this, this Danish film I watched about a week ago called Another Round, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Very wholesome film. Watch it with the English subtitles. Listen to the Danish so you can actually understand expressions and understand. All that fun stuff. And what's the Danish name for it? Uh, Druk. Druk. Okay. Which, there isn't actually an English translation for that word. That yeah. was just the closest. I was listening to an interview with the director, and he was talking about 
the translation how there's not really okay but like it basically means another shot yeah you know, or another you know for the guys or another okay cool it's just a quick joke yeah so very fun movie um Sure, there's a little darkness in that too, but it's really the overarching theme is uh, friendship, camaraderie, growing, and getting out of a slump okay. of your life. Uh, felt inspiring. Yeah. So, how'd you find that? Did you tell me that already? Uh, it wasn't. I wasn't like going on. I wasn't like. I didn't like Google. Oh, what's a foreign film I can watch? I just. I just hadn't gone Hulu in a while. <clears throat> I was just going through movies. I was on a romantic comedy kick. Cause I just seen Along Came Polly for the first time, okay. and that maybe I like sometimes when I see a romantic comedy for the first time that I like, mm-hmm. it really gets me in like a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily about like love, trying to find love. It's just like I I enjoyed yeah. the feeling it gave, it gave me. So I wanted yeah, to go on a kick. I couldn't find anything that piqued my mind. This is not a romantic comedy, but I was like, oh, Mads Mikkelsen. Haven't watched like a foreign film in a while. Yeah. Well, let's give it a shot and. One of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. Okay. At cool. least in the last probably a year or so. So All right. awesome. Another round. Hulu. Give it a shot. Yeah. Um yeah, that's my recommendation. All right. Anything uh anything I else? think the only other one and I, I don't know that I would file this under recommendation exactly, but it's the it's the other like notable one I've watched recently was that Kaleidoscope show. Mm-hmm. And I would say <laughs> really, really interesting premise. And I would I would watch a second season just for the sake of like seeing if they can improve on that premise. I just felt like there was a lot there was a lot they could do better. And I mean I'm not going to go into a ton of detail. It was just the fact that each episode can be watched in any order with the other episodes makes it a little weird because every episode kind of has to be an introduction to this entire world and a conclusion to this entire world. And I watched a few of the episodes, but like does all of them end with like a cliffhanger? Not really. All of them, like, it's like sort of a cliffhanger, but it's also, it seems like every episode tries to tie one thing up, but it's only like one thing, you know? And if you've seen everything else before it, then it kind of works because that last thing is tied up and then you're like, okay, I understand everything, you know? But certain episodes definitely fit better as like, literally the last scene of the episode just makes sense as a conclusion. And other episodes are like a little more uncomfortable to be the conclusion okay like i i personally picked this whole show is about them robbing this vault and i chose to watch the episode that they robbed the vault first i that decision i didn't regret i thought that was kind of an interesting way to jump in and i feel like in watching that episode first they they considered the possibility that people would watch that episode first that was my feeling because not knowing any of these people the, the episode starts with like five or six minutes of like silence and I thought that was a really interesting decision because, like, you don't hear any of these people talk. You just see them go about the first couple steps of this heist. And not knowing anything about it, it's kind of like, it's cool because you just watch it, you know? And then watching the entire show after that, you get to know how the heist came together. It's just that the details of how they have the whole heist come together and, like, the story beats that they fill in to make the motivations make sense just feel kind of weak and flimsy. So it was like the the concept was really, really interesting, and a couple times it's kind of cool how they do it, but other times it's like you see characters being like weirdly and purposefully uh, vague about certain things, but it's only because the show doesn't know if you know that yet, so it doesn't want to tell you about a thing that you haven't seen yet. So it'll be like, where's so-and-so? I saw him dead. Does anyone know who killed him? And like the person who killed him is literally standing right there, but they're just going like, I don't know. I have no idea who killed him. You know, and it's like, 
not that they would normally go, I killed him, but like there would be something else to that scene. But if you haven't seen the episode where that character killed that person, you can't be told that that's what happens right now. Yeah, okay. You know? So there's a lot of things like that where because the show has no idea where you are in the overall story, everything has to be vague. Like, everything. Well, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an ambitious project, for oh, sure. Oh, that's what I mean, and that's why I wanted to watch it through. Is I'm like, this is a really cool idea. And maybe this is just the start, and maybe we'll start seeing a trend of these types of shows where people start doing them better, yeah. and they learn from maybe... I would hope kaleidoscopes. So. I I wrongdoings. Really, I hope. I very very sincerely hope that this is something that other people try, because I, I really think it's a cool way of, of telling a story. And it's not even that it was like awful. It was just, it felt like they they knew that the point of the story was the style and not the details of the story. So they just kind of did basic shit. Like there's also a, there's a whole thing in this whole story of, you don't have to understand how they get any of this technology or any of this knowledge or any of this anything they just get it and and it's just that like people know somebody you know well like, i know a guy who can get me a fake safe and that's all you have to know yeah and it could be one of those things where like whoever thought of the idea is like i just want to be the first person to kind of put yeah. the, put this type of, it, it kind of reminds me not to toot my own horn that zombie movie idea or show i had where it's completely marketed as a like an outer banks type show okay uh, yeah it's just like kind of teen drama, young young adult, mm-hmm. completely marketed as that, and you get you fall in love with these characters and the pilot. Like, okay, this is setting up to be something, um, and then most of them, if not all, get killed off because it's the start of a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And now episode two, whole new cast, maybe the exception of one or two, and it's a different show. Yeah. I, I'm telling you. Yeah, I've never disagreed. I'm, I'm making it. Coming out this fall. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? It's called, uh, you, you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Come on, mustard. <laughs> All right, well, we'll, let's give our ratings and we'll get out of here. Um, what was your rating on Kingsman? I, uh, what's it called? What's it called again? Kingsman, the secret the service. service. Kingsman. Um, oh, let me think about that for a second. I'm going to go with. Nine out of twelve. Nine, uh, 75%. Yep. All right. Wait, I thought we weren't going to do reduced. Impro- or, uh, oh, yeah, I did a very reducible fraction yeah. this time, didn't I? Uh, you like fucked extremely up. reducible. I think, I'll give you decimals. I think decimals should be allowed. No, 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 I have to be, I have but, to be better than that. Oh, man, um, I'm just not as good as, fractions are hard. Oh, man. Hey, guys, just give us a minute so we can think of these. I'll give you mine. Okay. Oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> I'm going to say it's four and a half cheeseburgers out of five. <laughs> no, I was going that. <laughs> but I, I didn't want it, But it was decimals. Okay. I'm doing decimals. I make my own rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go 3.7 apples <laughs> out of f- 4.6 oranges. Okay. Some say you can't compare apples to oranges. I say, why can't fruit be compared? <laughs> go no. ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to give this uh, three and a half. British Mark Hamels. Ooh. Out of seven Taron Egertons. Mm-hmm. Just regular British Taron Egerton? It's the Taron Egerton of those later scenes where you thought he changed his accent a little bit. Oh, to, to the proper British. Proper Taron Egerton. He's talking, hello, sir. Yes. And it may not make sense, but that's actually a pretty good rating. Yeah. Because the, the going rate is about like 
a, maybe one point seven Taron Egertons to one Mark Hamill. So if you if you you know if you balance that out, it's it's kind of like a ninety percent. You know. Yeah, I would give like a well my rating, but it translates to about eighty three. Okay. Out of one hundred and seven. Personally, I think that would be closer to like four point three oranges then, but I mean. Well, it depends on the size of the orange. That's fair. Not the motion of the apple. (laughs) Nice. It's all about the core. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We should wrap up. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. If you did listen, um, shout out to our friends who reached out to us. We love you. You know, if you didn't listen. Shame on you. Go ahead and listen sometime. Yeah. You won't regret it. Recency bias. (laughs) This is Ben. That's Ben. (laughs) And that's Tim. That's me. Bye. Bye.